If Reality Check Radio enriches your day and life, support us to keep bringing you the content, voices, perspectives, and dose of reality you won't get anywhere else. Visit www.realitycheck.radio forward slash donate. A couple of times last year on Reality Check Radio, uh, I was able to talk with Michael Vaughan. And uh, one of the topics we covered, and you can look it up on our replays, was uh, study finding children spend a third of their after-school time on screens. That got us on to EMF, and we've had a couple of chats in that area last year, as I say. Well, um, on the program right now, I want to welcome back Mike and David Holden. And um, I think I remember you, Mike, mentioning Safer Tech in one of our Mm -hmm. chats last year, and now here we are to talk about uh, safer tech. So I want to welcome you back, Michael, and nice to meet you, David. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Okay, first obvious question, and I should have asked this back then, I suppose, but we were kind of on to other things. Why set up safer tech? It implies that it's not so safe out there. Absolutely. Um, four of us originally started Safer Tech in 2018, and two of the gentlemen pulled out for various reasons because they had other responsibilities in other areas since the C19 outbreak. And um, so Michael's been uh, right there from the beginning, as well as myself and a number of other key players who I'm sure you'll get on eventually. Michael Fleck comes to mind straight away. Um, and and Bex, of course, you know, Bex. Um, uh, Sansa, who's part of Safer Tech NZ on the steering committee. So we realised that the government narrative on particularly 5G and Wi-Fi was faulty and didn't back up what the research said. So we started doing some investigations, and I'm sure Michael will speak to this at length a bit later on because he spearheaded this. Uh, he did a number of OIAs with the Ministry of Health and MedSafe, and we got um, obfuscated big time. And Michael can elaborate on that. So we realised that we had a battle on our hands, that the telcos and the government who are regulating the sector weren't being cut front to the news and public about what the dangers were. And we wanted to form a national organisation that would <coughs> factual evidence and scientific-based info to the public, let them do their own research, make up their own mind about what the government and the telcos were saying because it was patently untrue. Okay, and you are, I think, a naturopath, and I have here ex-medical scientist, so that's where you come from, right? I'm, and a, we naturopathic, know... I'm a naturopathic oncologist, actually. There's only two of us in the country. Oh, okay. All right, that's interesting. Yep. Um, we might have spoken to the other one. <laughs> you may well have. Last year. And, uh, Mike, we know that you are a psychologist, so that, that's the, the kind of skill set that you two bring to this. Um, do you want to, David, talk on the medical side? Because um, sure. you just mentioned the science. Sure. And a lot of people do say woo, 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 woo when you start talking about this and like, oh, it's very, very quickly dismissed. Uh, yeah, and it shouldn't be because um, I'm, I'm going to refer you straight away to our brand new website called safertechnz.org, Safer technz.org. Uh, David, just correcting you there, it's safetechnz.co.nz. Well, actually, I'm looking at .org now, Michael, so it, it does go to the site. You, you've got the, you got a couple of domain extensions there, obviously, so that's yeah, all. Yeah, we, we've got several. we booked several of them. So oh. under the Research tab, 
One of my mentors, because I did a master's in naturopathic oncology in the US in the 90s, and one of our visiting professors was Dr. Martin Paul, PhD, who's a very well-known, very outspoken critic of the government's rollout of 5G. And I'll read you a quote from him, which is on our site. Dr. Martin Paul says, putting in tens of millions of 5G antenna without a single biological test of safety has got to be about the stupidest idea anyone has had in the history of the world, end of quote. The world, okay. The world, end of quote. And no one has disputed the original research that Martin did some 15 years ago, maybe even 20 now, proving um, the mechanism by how these frequencies interact with the human brain. And I won't go into the technical details, but it's called VGCC, voltage-gated calcium channels. And no one in all that time has disputed the scientific foundation efficacy for how these frequencies interact negatively with the human brain and nervous system. Well, one thing I think you need to explain as, you know, easily as you can to the audience and to me as well. We've we've come up with all sorts of um, of uh, radio communication and uh, particularly, you know, cell phones have been around for a while now, 1G, 2G, 3G, 4G, so it goes on. What is it about 5G that crosses some kind of line? Uh, what is it about that? Very good question. 5G is completely different to 4G, Wi-Fi and 3G that came before it. The telcos are making out it's just an extension of 4G, nothing to be worried about, but the frequencies are way higher. They're in the gigahertz band, not the megahertz band, and these higher frequencies have been shown to interact biologically with living systems in a very unique way, very different to the lower frequency. So we're dealing with a different scale, an order of magnitude higher with the 5G frequencies. We're looking at starting at a, a below 10 gigahertz, but it's proposed to go up to 30 or even higher gigahertz, which is super high frequency. Frequ so those are minute waves, and higher the frequency the more the energy. Is that how it works? The more the energy, but the less penetration in unliving structures. So 5G can actually be deflected very easily if you're away from the transmitter by a couple of sheets of aluminium foil. Um, it, it's, it's not hard to block, and that's why they're talking about rolling out infrastructure with 5G repeaters every 500 metres to get a good signal saturation. So they want to create a dense field, the Internet of Things, that you can access with your mobile device. Now, to let this be um, you know, you know, um, launched in the public space at that scale, the scale like every – how many – what, every few metres or every tens of metres you've got another transmitter? 500 metres. Okay, minimum. 500 metres. That's not much anyway. Okay, um, you get this field thing going. How come it's been so easy to to launch this, given that you say there's been no study, and the people who, I guess, are saying, hey, nothing to worry about here, they're also going to be exposed to this, aren't they? Absolutely. Every, well, you can mitigate, and that's one of the main reasons Safer Tech was set up, because 
we're not Luddites. I use technology. Got a got a tablet phone here. I'm speaking to you on a laptop device. I love the technology too. But for me and our members, it's about safety first. Our strap line is maximizing safety, minimizing harm. So we believe the public needs to know how to learn how to use this technology safely. They're not being taught it in schools. They should be. They're certainly not being taught it in universities. They should be. Um, and I'll take you back to 2015, where France banned Wi-Fi in kindergartens and primary schools and secondary schools. And then 2017-18 went and extended the ban further to all French public places, including libraries, art galleries, um, all public buildings and departments owned by the government had to go hardwired because of the danger they, the French government smartly recognized with Wi-Fi and other wireless applications. Okay, but uh, we're not seeing the same sort of move here or in other places. No, but everyone is every human being's brain is affected by these frequencies the same, regardless of what country they're in. It goes beyond internet and national boundaries. And Michael can speak more to the obfuscation that we uncovered with MedSafe and a particular person who I'm sure he will name, if he won't, I will, um, who needs to be called out for dictating to this committee that MedSafe set up some years ago. And the, the research that this man is presenting to the committee, where all the studies cast doubt on the safety and efficacy of these frequencies is shelved and the ones sponsored by industry that say how wonderful this technology is and there's no safety issues at all are promoted. So it's a very selective process that the government is using because many of the members of this committee are on industry bodies like Spark, 1.NZ, used to be Vodafone or 2 Degrees. So the committee is stacked with people that earn their living from this technology. <coughs> They're not going to dish it, are they? Um, we've also um, come to realise that uh, quite often um, uh, no research or, or no negative findings is more related to no research undertaken than, um, you know, actually any, any you know, research that shows anything. It's like if exactly. it hasn't been done, it's sort of counted as, you know, nothing to see there. Exactly. And if you go on to our research search uh, tab on safertechnz.org, um, then there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten studies just there, and we're only getting started. Right. There's, yeah, there's but, um, abundance but... of, of studies done showing there is direct um, big question marks and potential harm, for sure. Okay. And well, they, in, in that case, those are just being ignored, is what you're, what you're saying? Correct. Okay. Just before we, we talk to Mike about those things, from again, from a medical point of view, I know that you mentioned uh, you know something that that is too complicated to explain. But ultimately, what does it do to people? Does it cause cancers? Does uh, it, well, uh, it cause chronic illness? Overexposure. Yes. The most common signs for people who go into a high dense saturated Wi-Fi environment that are sensitive to it is tinnitus, high pitched usually, headaches, blurred vision. Um, 
Some women get menstrual cramps when it's not that time of the month. Um, there's a whole lot of other exposures, depending on what level you're exposed to. But what the research now shows is that everyone who's overexposed to Wi-Fi 24-7 over a long period of time, we're talking years, can develop all sorts of other health issues, which are still being researched. But what I see in my practice is that brain tumours are an issue for people who hold phones against their head. Uh, there was five cases last century that were, were uh, settled out of court by Motorola, and three of the people that died of brain tumours that were over the ear that they were using to, to make calls on was the exact shape of the aerial of the phone. And they were all Motorola phones, hence them settling out of court. Three of them were lawyers, two of them are real estate agents living on their phone all the time on the same ear, not taking precautions on a speakerphone <laughs> away from your body, et cetera, et cetera, which is we discussed those, um, those things you can do to to make your use of a cell phone or a device way safer that the government should have been telling us about and the telco sector should have been telling us about, about but hasn't been. And people might not realise that fundamentally they are electrical beings. We, we are electrical. Correct. Every human cell, you can measure the voltage it puts out in millivolts. Mm, yeah, so... We are electrical beings as well as chemical. Just saying. Okay, Mike, um, why, why does this get such a, an easy pass? then uh because currently the whole situation's sewn up really um the government takes its advice from an agency or interagency committee um which as david mentioned is stacked with uh, people with industry connections and and a whole host of uh government bureaucrats um, and just a very, very meagre smattering of specialised health knowledge and expertise. I think that the thing that we're most concerned about is that it seems to us that one man is running the show here, um, and that, that person is the acting secretary. He's been acting secretary for quite some time now, so he's pretty much the secretary who runs the meetings, um, and he also writes the minutes of the meetings. So it's, what's, what's, what's the official job designation, sorry, acting secretary of what? Of the Interagency Committee for Health Effects of Non-Ionising Fields. In other I got words, you, okay. It's a bit of a mouthful. But That's quite a, a bit on the door, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? But basically it's, it's, the, it's the primary source of information that, that is fed to the government about whether or not they need to do things like change the safety standards, um, regulate what the telcos can and can't do more strictly. Um, and we feel that anyone in a prominent position in a very, very important committee like that should be absolutely be seen to be squeaky clean. The, the yep. New Zealand public needs to be confident. Let me make it clear, we're not making any accusations here, um, but we're just expressing concerns that the person who's basically running or at least highly influencing this committee that advises the government on this incredibly important issue of like 
how much radiation can be thrown at the New Zealand public. Yeah, okay. Um, it's, it's very concerning that somebody in that position has a company that has financial contracts with the telecommunications companies to carry out various measurement services. Right, yep. So those telco companies, let's go one level up, are they aware? Aware of what? Aware of the EMF, the um, the downside, let's say, that that uh, there was concern about with 5G. I mean, they're putting this stuff out there. They're spending the money on the infrastructure. They're building, well, someone's building the towers. Yeah. You, you, I mean, you'd think that if they knew that it could harm people, they wouldn't do that. So obviously they don't think that, but yet, you know, they're, they're pressing ahead, right? Well, yeah, well, I mean, let's think about, you know, who works who works for the, the telcos, who works for the Ministry of Health. They're basically people doing nine-to-five jobs. Um, you know, they're people who are good at organising, they're people who are good at various things, but most of them are not people with health expertise or, or even a lot of detailed knowledge about the... Um, <clears throat> Know, radiation and the physics involved and all that kind of stuff. So really everybody, including probably the, most of the employees of the Ministry of Health and the telcos, are, are really relying on the government to keep us all safe. I don't think many of those people will have conducted the amount of hours of research into this topic that somebody like David or myself has done. I think they just go to work nine to five do their job, um, and probably assume, like the general public, that, you know, they, in inverted commas, i.e. the government, I guess, wouldn't allow anything that was harmful. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> we've been there before in a colossal way. Um, yeah, so, you mean, just ignore. I mean, I'm, if I was a technician for Spark or something, putting in, this would have crossed my mind. Yeah. I, would, I would think people who are technicians, you know, people with that kind of background and training and expertise, I would think that a lot of them are aware that it's not as safe as, you know, uh, yeah. the general public generally think it is. It's quite clear that there's been very little quality research into the health effects of some of the frequencies involved with 5G, the higher frequencies, as David's uh, been been talking about, um, and I would th I would think that the technicians or people like that would be aware of that. I don't know for sure, but um, certainly the general public is not aware of it. So um, that. That's a concern. What's that, David? I said I can answer that. I'm working very closely with three advanced electrical engineers. One of them, who should be remain nameless, is retired now, but he was a senior lecturer for digital communications technology at AUT and Manukau Tech, and he's very adamantly against 5G and Wi-Fi. He knows the damage it causes. I think there's a bit of willful obfuscation here, uh, Paul. It's not just them ignoring something or not mentioning it. There has been brought to all the telcos' attentions by us and other people that there are papers showing distinct harm, not just from Professor Martin Paul, but many other researchers as well. Arthur Fistenberg would be another one um, who's done a lot of work in this space as well. So what we're finding is that 
the tech companies, the telcos and the government are acting like a wall to stop this information coming through and um, being released to the public easily. But if you go through Google and many of the alternative search engines and Google Barry Trower, ex-Royal Navy, he did a PhD in microwave um, technology and he was developing weapons-grade um, uses for 5G, and he's been an, a, a really outspoken um, person against deploying 5G. 5G is now used as a weapons device to disperse crowds in Europe and the States. If you look at these big trucks that are armed to the teeth with water cannons on them. and well, they, they have that in them, do they? Yeah, they fire smoke grenades. Well, they've got an air, a, a big dish on the top, much bigger than you'd expect, and it moves around and they can direct it at people. When that's fired at you, you get a compression in the chest. And you Is that what they did in Australia and Canberra? People were talking about they did that. did it in Wellington. They did that in Wellington? I, I heard about I, Sonic, I, but not I that. four patients that were zapped by it. Really? Yes, really. Okay, and you got to tell me, what, what were the injuries from that? Uh, bad headaches, um, uh, menstrual cycle all over the place, um, crippling pain in the gut, um, and very, very bad tinnitus that wouldn't go away. And they did that in public, presumably with children around. Um, crikey. As, along yep. with the sonic stuff. Yep. It's mentioned in a number of documentaries in the alternative media that will never make it on the mainstream. It seems to me then um, that uh, unless the public have... I come to Jesus' moment on this from your point of view. Um, and also, I, I would imagine that 5G also enables the business models, <clears throat> excuse me, of the big telcos to become more efficient because you're, with 5G, as I understand it, particularly in populated areas, you can distribute your connectivity um, in a mobile way rather than sort of hard cables fiber cables in the ground, I'm sure that's cheaper ultimately. So there's some, there's a lot to overcome to, to get to where you want to get to, right? There's two things that 5G is used by the industry promoted because it, it's got low latency, so your refresh rate on web pages is much faster, so it's quicker to use the internet. The convenience, yep. And, and also it's um, the broadband that you can get access to massive chunks of data on 5G you can't get on 4G. Okay, so. It's a completely different technology. Yeah, and people will, will like that. That yeah, will be absolutely. enticing. I like it too, but I don't like the damaging effects. Like, for instance, my clinic and home has not had Wi-Fi for five years, um, and Wi-Fi is actually a major problem, and that's why the French government removed it out of kindergartens and primary and, and secondary schools because they read the research done by the Swedes, the Canadians, the Americans, the Brits, and many other countries about how damaging this these frequencies are to developing children brains, particularly their brains and their nervous system. Yeah, I think, uh, Mike, you mentioned last time to turn your Wi-Fi off at night at least. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a whole host of very common sense things that people can do whereby they can still enjoy the technology, as I do myself, um, but limit the negative uh, health effects that exposure to, to these frequencies can cause. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly not necessary to have it on at night. 
Uh, ideally, you know, if you want to be really uh, healthy, um, hardwire. You know, um, I'm speaking to you now uh, on a computer that's uh, attached to the modem with an Ethernet cable, so I don't need to use Wi-Fi. It's that's not- what I do now. That's what I do now. Same here. Same with me. And it's actually yeah. faster. <laughs> oh, it's and way more faster and more reliable. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. we just need we need a massive um, awareness campaign to wake people up to the, the, at least to check it out for themselves, to do some research, not just to go to the inverted commas single source of truth, you know, the Ministry of Health website. They, they need to actually research some of the, um, you know, the, the reviews of the literature and not just the uh, studies that are funded by the, the, the industry. They, they need to focus on the independent studies. Well, they could have done that for a certain other thing, and they never did. So, um, exactly. you know, good luck on, on that one. Uh, there's children, and I think we talked about kids and limiting their access to, well, to devices anyway, but I guess the common sense on Wi-Fi, et cetera, apply um, as well for them. Um, there's been a change of government. <laughs> Does that mean anything as far as this issue is concerned, ultimately, do you think, you, you guys? Not really. The uh, you know the person with the portfolio for this area is has been very resistant to any communication. Has not been willing to meet to discuss the issue in the past. So now now they're back in government. I don't think there's going to be. Well, it, if you if you're taking on that portfolio, you'd have some sort of interest. You'd think. Otherwise, what, what's the point of doing it? Wouldn't the first question be if you're really being there for the people? And I. <laughs> I could be getting this wrong. Wouldn't the first question be to say to the officials, now, you show me how this is safe. Come on. Exactly. I want to yeah. see it. Simple question. Is, the- and if you show me it's safe, it's safe. But I want to see. Let's let's see it. Yeah. They probably yeah. won't be able to come up with much. I'm yeah. The, th- the thing is, Paul, it would be incredibly inconvenient for the government <laughs> to have to acknowledge Very. that there are health issues with this technology. Yeah. Because, you know, they see it as part of progress. They see it part of New Zealand being a successful country. Bloody, bloody, well, they bloody. see genetic modification like that, but the downside of something going wrong there is just is unthinkable. We don't want to, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's this, I mean, this whole issue is, is just very, very familiar, I'm sure, to your listeners, you know, where where convenience or, or you know, some sort of technological advancement um, is is you know, pushed ahead and any kind of negative uh, possible health effects are just a, an inconvenience that the, the government and the and the corporates just do not want the public to, to you know, be aware of or, or to raise. And, David, just a, a quick question for you, and I think then we're, we're through. If people are, are not feeling right or, you know where I'm going with this, suspect that that there's some outside influencing causing uh, influence causing some of the sort of health feeling of ill health let me put it that way yeah. could it be emf and well and what would they be noticing you rattled off some things before like headaches and uh, tinnitus and things like that but uh, uh, would you have had to have noticed that 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 sort of came on when you're in a like a change of environment or a change of of tech in the house or something like that? Absolutely. There's a simple test I do with people who suspect they're living close to a tower or they've got some um, frequencies coming into their home. I say, okay, take yourself somewhere else for a weekend and see if your symptoms reduce. 
somewhere that right. doesn't have exposure that's hardwired. And to extend what we said about the research, there's three websites I would encourage your listeners to go to. They're all New Zealand organisations. We're based in Auckland, safertechnz.org. Um, then there's also safeictnz.org, based in Wellington. And on their homepage, which I'm looking at now, it says, inform and protect yourself about the health risks of your tech use. And it's got a whole lot of information there about what you can do. There's another one also um, called Stands in Christchurch, and that's saferemrtechnology.org.nz. Bit of a mouthful, but saferemrtechnology.org.nz. So those three websites have reams of research on them that you can educate yourself very quickly with those three sites, what you need to know. And yeah. also protections you can take, pouches you can put your phone in that shield it, um, devices you can wear on your body, um, devices you can plug into the house. But the biggest move people can make is never hold a device to your ear. Always have it on a, an object, an object that you're speaking towards rather than holding it in your hand, and always go hardwired. Okay. Try and switch off Wi-Fi permanently, particularly if you have under fives or tens in the house. Okay. Anything else to say before we wind up this chat? We're really keen to connect with people who are concerned about this um, issue. Um, we would love people to email us if they just go onto the contact tab on um, the Safer Tech NZ website. Uh, just uh, email us with um, their, their details. Don't have to have any great expertise or anything like that, but just, um, you know, we just want to develop a mailing list. We, want, we, we just want to connect with people if they want to be like really heavily involved and, and come into our kind of core group, that's fantastic. But if they just want to keep in touch and just help out now and then, that's also fantastic. So uh, that would be really helpful. Cool. There's well, thank other, you. So, sorry, David. One go. other thing I'd add in closing, Paul, we are planning a New Zealand-wide tour with three key speakers. Both myself and Michael will be speaking along with another couple of gentlemen. Um, we're going to be doing Fongaray, Auckland, New Plymouth. We've already done Hamilton uh, last year. We're doing Wellington, Nelson, and Christchurch. So if you want to know where those events are and when, go to the contact tab on safertechnz.org and register your interest by sending us an email, and then we will get back to you with all the dates and uh, information of where the locations are and when you can educate yourself and your family and your workmates and those you care about to something that the government and the telco should have been doing for the last five, ten years and aren't. David Holden, naturopath and ex-medical scientist. I want to talk about cancer again sometime, David, so uh, maybe you come back for that. Um, is That'll it be an interesting show. Is it a parasite? I want to know. I've been seeing people saying things about that lately. Uh, but that's it for another day. And psychologist Michael Vaughan, co-founders of Safer Tech. Thanks for coming on RCR. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for having us, Paul. If Reality Check Radio enriches your day in life, support us to keep bringing you the content, voices, perspectives, and the dose of reality you won't get anywhere else. Visit www.realitycheck.radio forward slash donate.